Hey there, you're listening to Your Golden, a podcast dedicated to helping you see that you are golden just as you are. I'll use every tool and personal story I have to help guide you back to yourself. Blending two seemingly opposing sides is my specialty, so you can expect pragmatism and mysticism, details and exploration, ponderings and answers, clarity and unknowns, and so much more. If I had to sum up the ethos of your golden, it would be summed up by the words of Nobel Peace Prize winner Albert Schweitzer, who once said, The path of awakening is not about becoming who you are, rather it is about unbecoming who you are not. All right, so welcome to the podcast again, Alexandra Diamond. It's thank so you. Awesome to have you. Thank you for thank being here. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. Like I have said before, I love I love chatting with you and it is always such a juicy conversation and yeah, I think you get two protectors of mankind together and all of a sudden like it's uh yeah, it's 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 big. Yeah. <laughs> it feels great. Yeah. It feels like there's always a lot to cover and never enough time in the world. And yet like, yeah, just such a joy. So thank yeah. you. Good. Yay. Yeah. So if anybody's wondering, I had Alexandra on the podcast back when it was called Mercury in the eighth, had her on talking about Saturn returns and mm-hmm. that whole navigation. So I will definitely link in the show notes if you wanted to listen to that. But today we're going to talk about splenic authority. And this is actually going to kick off the entire authority series. And I'm just so excited because this is my authority, your authority. Yep. And that's the whole point of this series is yep. to give real life explanations and descriptions on what these authorities feel like how do we actually use them you know just really getting into the nitty-gritty of the real life lived experience of human design rather than textbook stuff and what better one to start with than the splenic authority which everyone says it's just this little whisper that you can't really explain and everybody's is different so good luck (laughs) yeah (laughs) The amount of like, gotta listen really carefully or you'll miss it that I've heard and subsequently in through my own experience debunked has been so yeah, it's, it's, it's not empowering, you know, and I think that like, there's a lot about human design that can be very validating when you first learn about it. And yet it is not traditionally taught in a super empowering way. I know we're not talking about strategies, but like a lot of the strategies are like, wait to respond, wait to be invited, you know? And it's like, no, wait, that's not, no, wait, that's not, <laughs> not exactly an empowering way to, to be engaging with life, right? Like here's this great gift that we have, which is life. Like we wake up every day and like, you get to make choices. That's so cool. That's really, really cool. And as humans, that can also be really, really overwhelming. So having an authority that you can rely on is such a relief. It's such a like, it's having a helper in your corner. And I know my favorite thing about the splenic authority is that it is so deeply related to my body and my body's experience in the world and in my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's actually a lot louder. We just aren't 
used to listening to it. And it's not a common authority. So I think there hasn't been as many people speaking out about what the real experience is with a, with a splenic authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I really appreciate you mentioning strategy also, <laughs> because I think that we should absolutely include it in this conversation. Great. Because I feel like it sometimes gets missed that the strategy and authority are intertwined. Like they yes. go together. There is a process. <laughs> yes. So for it, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely want to get into that and to the detail of that. So let's start pretty top level in your own words. What is the splenic authority? Yeah. So the splenic authority um, and the way I like to teach all authority is that it is, it's your internal decision maker for course altering decisions, right? Or course altering choices. The splenic authority obviously is located in your, in your splenic center. So if you have a splenic center to find no other and no, no emotional center to find no sacral center to find. So for example, if you are a projector or manifester, your splenic center is your internal decision maker. And our splenic center is the center of our basic survival instincts, but also our intuition. It's tied to the lymphatic system in the body and it makes decisions based on the information that it is consistently getting, right? It doesn't get stimulated in the way that a sacral authority would get stimulated or an emotional authority would be stimulated. The splenic authority, because it is deeply tied to your lymphatic system, and I also like to think it is deeply tied to your central nervous system. Mm -hmm. um, and so this can also change whether you have a defined or undefined root. I think that also can play into how your splenic authority tests itself or, or how you experience it, I should say. But because it's tied to your lymphatic system, it's tied to your immune system, Splenic authority is always taking information in. People have described it like having finger, yeah, lots of fingers or tongues and noses all over your skin, right? So it's constantly in relationship to the environment that you're in, the people that you're around. And we could say this about a lot of our design, right? Is that it's constantly being affected and by transits and other people. But your splenic authority is there to make sure that like, what you're doing is still healthy for you. And it'll make decisions based on, yes, like your path in life, but like your path in life is to remain very healthy. I think people with a defined spleen, like they have that consistent access to their immune system. They have consistent access to like a, a, in relationship to white blood cells. And if this sounds kind of like, where is she pulling all of this from? <laughs> If we think about human design, not just intellectually, it's not just about your personality. It is tied to your body. Folks with an undefined splenic center will very likely experience a lot more life challenges or what's a, the word I'm looking for is like branches, opportunity through their health. Whereas mm -hmm. folks with a defined spleen, their health is pretty consistent, whether that's good or bad right? Like just because you have a defined spleen doesn't mean you don't have allergies. Doesn't mean that you don't go through things with your health, but your health is meant to be a consistent found part of your foundation. And so your splenic authority operates by taking in information about the health of the area around you and whether that's healthy for you. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of, I think what it is. Um, and I think that, you know, there's, again, like we said before, there's a lot of teaching about it being really quiet. 
And I think that it's only really quiet if you've been experiencing sacral authority. I can understand how a sacral authority is so much louder. Being somebody with an open sacral and being around people who have a defined sacral, when I, I get that, that conditioning of their energy, I feel that very deeply. I feel that like, whoa, whoa, yeah, let's go. That feels great. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But that is not me. That's me like in relationship or sitting next to somebody with a defined sacral. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad it. you clarified that because at first I was like, well, what exactly do you mean by having experienced the sacral authority when you don't have that? No. But yeah. yes, that makes complete sense. And I would say it, it feels... I also feel an emotional authority when they're around and like how intense that is too. Mm, Yes, very Mm -hmm. much so. I have an undefined emotional center and having been in intimate relationships with people with emotional centers or emotional authority, I've noticed for myself that one, I can usually pick up on where they're at in their wave, but it took learning to check in with my emotional self because none of us are supposed to make decisions from an emotional place, right? Like even people with emotional authority, you have to wait for that clarity, that neutrality. But as somebody with an undefined emotional center and the only gates I have there are crisis and conflict. So joy, <laughs> yay! It, I, I can, those feelings become so amplified in me. And before I really knew how to work with it, I did feel like a super emotional person. Like I, I, I struggled with my emotional health for a really, really long time, specifically in relationship to other people. And I always saw it as like, why is this person making me feel this way? (laughs) It's like, wait, whoa, wait. I mean, (laughs) they are, they are, but also like, it's, I, I know what my own emotions are about the situation now and it's yeah. not theirs. Does yes. that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. makes sense to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's clarify just, just a little Yeah. on the note of what we mean by they are making you feel that yes. versus what <laughs> cat, I mean, no <laughs> control versus what is commonly talked about with the idea of nobody makes you feel right. Yes. I love talking about this. Yeah. Yes. So even if, even though I have an undefined emotional center, it doesn't mean I don't have my own feelings. I do. And my feelings that are mine might differ from the conditioning that I'm being, that I'm experiencing being around somebody with an emotional center. Now being around someone with an emotional center can also amplify my real feelings, right? So whether you have an emotional center defined or your solar plexus center defined or not, we're all still responsible for our own emotions and our own feelings. That being said, when I can remove myself from the aura of an emotionally defined person and there's no transits that are giving me emotional definition at that time the difference is very distinct and my clarity comes immediately there's no like waiting to go through the feelings it's like it's immediate i want to ask you about your experience when you first started learning about human design and learning about your splenic authority 
So now that you have hindsight, the gift of hindsight, Mm. do you feel like you were following your authority even before you knew about human design authorities, et cetera? I do, but not consistently. Mm. I think that I know I've always felt very intuitive in my body. I've always felt like I have a near animal ability to hear, feel, sense things, specifically when it comes to like (laughs) danger, weather, things that are of the natural world. I grew up in a rural area, suburban to rural, and I grew up on a farm and I spent a lot of time outside, a lot of time in the woods. And that was my place to go and clear my head. And when I was paying attention, there was this sense of being able to like know which way to at a very young age know which way to go like not get lost my parents never worried about us in that way like my sister and I and we were always kind of left to go out alone if that was what we wanted to do that being said in terms of like as I got older and started making more decisions about my life I would say that yes I had some experiences in my early 20s when, and this is a whole other story for another time, but in my early twenties, I had, I had what's called a mental breakdown and I was, I spent some time in an inpatient mental facility. I really lost a lot of touch with reality and, and how to interact with it. And when I came out of that experience, I knew I wasn't at my, you know, everyone was like, okay, cool. Like you're good. You go back to school, get back on the path. Doot, 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 doot. And my, I, I did not know what was next, but I knew that wasn't it. And I was very careful to give myself the space and time to feel out what was next. And as things came into my field, you know, suggestions from friends or, or talking to people or things like that was when I started to receive invitations on both literal and energetic levels and which was more strategy and just knew in a very bodily sense what I needed to do. And I will say that, and I made this really clear to my family and then started doing the research for what that meant and what that was going to be. But I knew I needed to get dirt under my fingernails in a physical way. Like I needed that feeling and I needed to be warm and I needed to be in a, in like a natural environment. Like I needed to be very close to earth. Right. And so over time I realized, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go woofing. I'm going to go like worldwide organization of organic farmers, whatever. In hindsight, I look back at that and I'm like, oh, that was my body literally telling me what it needed in that moment for safety and security. And when it came at, you know, as I've gotten older, now looking at other decisions that I've made, I have had moments where I've gotten a full body rush or a full body goosebump kind of a situation or what sometimes what it feels like is almost like a, a flushing of my, for me, it feels like a flushing of my lymphatic system and it can feel like a good flushing, like a refreshing flushing. It can feel like a draining depending on what the circumstance is. And there have been times when I've listened to it and don't know what would have happened otherwise, but I'm very happy I listened to it regardless. And then I've not listened to it and, and gotten through a stumble, you know, whether that was something that happened that was negative or, or 
traumatic or whatever, because I didn't listen to that, that feeling. So to answer your question, yes, but not consciously and not, not in a way that I trusted it. And I think especially after having experiences where I wasn't in control of my own body, it was really difficult to learn that again. And I see a lot of us out there making logical decisions and working with the computer that is our brain without actually listening to what the body needs, you know, in, in big decisions in our lives, because the big ones feel like the ones you should put logic into and like, yeah, sure. That's absolutely good information to have, but the splenic authority is not always logical it just knows what's going to keep you healthy and move you towards the things that will expand you and and help you grow Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. once you learned about human design and your splenic authority did anything change within your awareness of decision making now that you had a language for what you were already feeling in your body absolutely It was so validating. It was so validating to learn that my internal decision maker was actually my intuition and my bodily intuition there. Now, in terms of the language, I think the original language that I learned was a little limiting, wasn't super empowering. And there wasn't a whole lot of like how to use it or how, you know, it's like, oh, like get in touch with your intuition. Well, okay. What's the difference between a gut feeling from the sacral and a gut feeling from the splenic center? And so after having that language, I felt really validated in my experience of, oh yes, I am supposed to listen to this. Like this isn't just animal brain nonsense. Like this is, this is real. My body is not like left in the stone age. It is here. It does understand what's happening. And and that was also kind of supported by my years of becoming a body worker in that I, and a craniosacral therapist is I do, I really do understand that the body understands what's going on. I think there's this maybe more traditional view that, oh, our body is just the animal part of us. It's not it's, it doesn't understand the world as it is. Mm -hmm. No, it very much does. Well, and this is kind of getting the cart before the horse a little bit, but, and a lot of studies and such coming through and a lot of, I don't know how much of it is opinion versus scientific fact, but the whole notion that all of our survival instincts that we have are actually just conditioned responses from all of the trauma that we've had as children which like yes but also like yes so that's a really interesting distinction to make too and that's like a lot of the work that I end up doing with clients over counseling sessions is being able to discern between what is a conditioned response and what is actually your either sacral or splenic authority and A lot of conditioned responses come from an emotional place. You can identify an emotion with them. Whereas a splenic response is not necessarily emotional. It just exists. It might, when it needs to, trigger a sense of anxiety, but not every time. And 
Well, and the spleen is uh, on that note, the spleen is a fear center. So like there is going to be, yeah, there's that whole notion that when you land on the thing that's correct for you, there's just this warm and fuzzy, you know, it's correct and blah, blah, blah. Like not necessarily. No, not necessarily at all. In fact, more like the way our white blood cells and our lymphatic system works, everything's cool. Everything is consistently cool until it's not. That's mm-hmm. more the the rhythm, I would say, if there's a rhythm to it, the splenic center, that's more the rhythm of the splenic center. Everything's cool until it's not, or until something would be better, you know, mm-hmm. or, oh, I need something. Like that's that's more, I think, congruent with the experience of, a, of splenic authority. And I think that what we have lost in becoming so conditioned by our own experiences, ancestral experiences, is our individual connection to that survival intuition. Yeah, I'm going to stop it right there. I'm going to leave that there. I do want to go ahead and provide my experience with before human design and after human design, because I had a very different response. Um, Mm. And I think this is just speculation, but you and I have different definition in the root. So I have, uh, I have an undefined root and you have a defined root. Mm -hmm. So current speculation for me right now is that might be the difference of why our experiences are so different. So prior to learning about human design, you know, I would read things about being a cancer or, you know, things about my numerology or whatever. And I would read all this information about how I'm this intuitive person. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted to believe that. And I could tell that I had intuition to some degree, but it really never felt like I could trust it. It seemed like mm-hmm. I was always trying to play a game with it almost like, yeah, no, I can definitely relate to that for sure. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. that's because we get so conditioned to use the logical mind. Totally. Right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, oh, let me just test this. Let me see if my intuition's actually right in relation to the logical answer. Yes. Yes. But it, I would do that so much that I just didn't really believe that I was intuitive at mm-hmm. all. Now that I have hindsight, I can see where the example that you gave with like, knowing your way back home all the time. Like I had that kind of thing as well. But when I found that the splenic authority is likened to intuition, it was a little validating, but it was also like, it was validating in the sense that, oh, I can really explore what intuition is now. Mm. But it was also a feeling like, well, I just really don't understand what that means. I don't know how that works. Mm. So I came into the Splenic Authority really trying to find those resources that would tell me how it feels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that doesn't exist really. No. So, so, okay. So then that's the perfect segue into how does it actually feel for you? Can you get as specific as you can with that feeling? Even if you have examples of situations or times where absolutely noticed it. Now it's like such a part of how I exist day to day that it's like, okay, how do I like 
like take myself out of it for a second so I can Mm -hmm. look at it. Yeah. So like I was saying, like I kind of said before, right. Is like, I feel like the best explanation that I ever heard or that made the most sense to me and my experience of the splenic authority is somebody once said that it was like having noses and tongues out like on your skin, not like licking you, but you know, on like that, your skin, the pores Mm -hmm. were literally noses and tongues. They had that, that capacity and they were constantly taking in information and would respond when something wasn't right or when it needed something out of the, out of the environment. And when I say environment, I mean, your little literal environment, but also contextual environment. So that was the first thing that, that kind of help make it clear the way that I actually feel it in my body is a consistent yes scanning it's a consistent like breath of what's happening around me what what things feel like and I also and and we don't have to get all the way into this but I also teach authority in conjunction with your cognition your environment and your motivation, especially for projectors. Mm. And my cognition is touch. So for me, getting my hands on things, I absolutely get more information from them. And I literally feel like my skin and the skins of things give me so much information. And so I experience my splenic authority is really just kind of like a constant filtering of the information around me. And when I for whatever reason, I'm in need of something, it will alert me through either a flooding of my lymphatic system. I feel it like literally, I'll feel it in my armpits, in my axillary lymph nodes, in guinal lymph nodes, in the groin, in my, like in the lymph nodes under my jaw, through my neck, the thoracic outlet area. When I need something or something is a yes for me it's a flushing it's a feeling of like you know like a fresh blood um, Mm -hmm. washing almost Mm -hmm. Um, and when something is not correct there's a draining or a contraction almost like I'm pulling almost like my aura is actually pulling in a little bit like "Mm, I see what's in there Mm." and as a projector right I have that Mm -hmm. penetrating aura and so when something's not correct it's all it's it stays focused like like a suspensory eye but it pulls back within my aura does that make Mm -hmm. sense I know that gets a little sci-fi yeah. Um, I, I, started, I like it. <laughs> I started reading Dune this summer and the oh. language is blowing my mind. I <laughs> haven't read it. I had read it. I'd started reading it before and like, I just picked it up again after like since college. And I was like, oh, oh wow. my gosh, I forgot how good this is actually. I think in college, it just like was so sci-fi. I couldn't relate to it. And maybe now that I'm a bigger weirdo or I've like really embraced it. I'm like, oh yeah. Suspensory <laughs> eyes. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I've heard great things about Dune. I have never read it and I've never seen it. So I need oh, to Oh my God. I know. I I need to expand my horizons. <laughs> this is a whole other conversation for it folks. Is. Like I know it's there's a real tear on whether people really liked the movie or not, but there's yeah. Yes. Just, I would say the book is definitely worth the investment of time and energy. Mm. It's, it's really beautiful. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Back to authority. It's all good. So 
I appreciate your explanations and your experience. I will say that I don't feel it like that at all. <laughs> Tell me. Well, and that's the thing is I know there are other people that feel splenic authority differently. They feel yes. it more like, like a kicking or like a fluttering. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what is yours like? So what I'm, what's, what's feel what I'm feeling right now is the need to specify how we have our spleens defined, because I really feel like that is necessary yes. in understanding how your spleen works. So if you I don't agree. mind, do you mind if I share a little bit of your definition? Please go for it. Okay. So as discussed, she has a defined root and that is actually where the spleen is defined by is the fact that her root and her spleen are connected through a channel. And then she also has a defined will center, which is fairly rare for projectors. So we love that. And she has a defined identity center, but the will and identity center are defined on their own, mm-hmm. not connected to the spleen and root. Yeah, so split then, definition, baby. Yeah. Split definition. <laughs> and whereas mine, my spleen gets defined because it connects to the, my, my defined identity center which is defined because it is defined by the throat and then the Ajna. So I have single definition, Ajna, throat, identity, spleen. So Alexandra's chart is a little bit more bottom-based definition, where mine is more upper-based definition. So this is almost more confirming to me the notion that maybe that defined root center Huge. has a lot to do with the way that you are feeling your, your information, your mm-hmm. hits, because for me, it doesn't feel that body at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It It's more of, it really does feel like more of a knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels more of like, it's an I thing. Like, yes, I need to go this way. Yeah. It, if I, I really just want to speak through the identity center. This is, it's yeah. really what it is. Like it, it's such a, like, this is for me. And it's, it's, it's quite chest. I guess if I had to really try to pinpoint where I feel it in my body, it is more in the center of my chest. Like a heart um, chakra situation, heart yes. chakra area. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because mm-hmm. my mind is also highly activated in this sure. process too. So I would, I would explain it to be a bit more on the claircognizant, yes, clairvoyant type mm-hmm. feeling. Um, it and it is, it just feels like so it I guess the only thing I have is knowing. It's just like I I know now. Yeah. And that knowing is not always comforting. And I think that that's really important to share. And I think that's true no matter how you feel your yes. splenic authority is that because the splenic authority, like I said, right, it's it's that kind of even keeled like, yeah, everything's cool until it's not or until I need something and needing something, you know, can be a good thing or a bad thing. And, you know, just because something becomes not status quo, you know, it, it can be like, oh, this is better. Or this is, this, this is not good. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, That makes a lot of sense for you that you would feel it 
in your in energetically in your chest center just being that like where the that the g and the and the heart center were were the heart chakra and they split right that right. whole like blah 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 blah. we can just put that on we, the side. yeah we'll just um move but it. your spleen <laughs> informs your sense of self right mm-hmm. so whereas in my definition and and i think that this comes down to like how we look at the energy mechanics of the chart right yeah. is like yeah. It's not, they're not, the centers don't move around. They're not mm-hmm. jumbled. They are in very specific places and they relate to Vedic chakra systems for a reason, right? So mm-hmm. my root center informs my splenic center and vice versa. They are very bottom heavy. They are very rooted. They're very grounded. They're very, yes, in my physical body and in my physical environment or physical like people and, and whatnot. Whereas for you, I wish there was another word, like I, clear cognizance makes sense, but like, mm-hmm. there's not a word that means like that I that you were describing, you know, that like intuitive, I I know. And yeah, it makes a lot of sense that you would feel it there if mm -hmm. anywhere in your body, because it's informing your, your sense of self and identity, whereas that is not what's informing myself sense of self and identity. Yeah. And, and this is making me think of it's that sound, the way I explained the way I feel it, sounds really really close to how a lot of sources describe the ego authority Mm. and i was thinking of like self-projected i was also thinking of self-projected projectors which is interesting yeah i i definitely know that it includes the body i could because i i can't feel it. it i guess it does kind of go down a little bit more sometimes Actually, most of the time. Okay. Actually, yes. At <laughs> first, oh, maybe I need to revise what I said. Um, no, I love it. I love the like first. Yeah. It is very like, oh, I need to go this way. That that strong knowing, very chest. But once I've sat in that reality for a half a second, there is a deep resonance that just like go plummets down to the yes (laughs) I think the resonance too is something that is not talked about in splenic authority but it's like when you do it there is a resonance it's Mm -hmm. like there's the splenic authority will tell you to do something and it's not always logical and it will tell you whereas like a sacral authority can respond "Uh uh uh-huh and and an emotional authority can't give you a response at all it just helps to inform your decision making because then mm-hmm. you can make the correct decision for you over time when you feel emotionally neutral about something mm-hmm. splenic authority when you follow it there is a confirmation yeah that resonance, resonance is not subtle like no. it all of the other sources that are talking about how soft and subtle and quiet it is that's why they're saying that is because that resonance piece has been left out of the equation how do the you resonance the- is so deep yes how do you feel the res? do you feel the resonance in your body and how do you feel it yeah it's it as it's very root like mm-hmm. uh, like it it i feel that in the root chakra for sure and it's like it's also also depending how big the decision is mm-hmm. 
sometimes that resonance can like blow me physically blow me back like mm. I have to sit down <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yep I yep. love it but I would also say so I would love your input on this too I didn't have this that strength of resonance before knowing about human design though it <gasps> Yeah, it wasn't until really going on this deconditioning journey, really sure. understanding on a deeper level what the authority really is, what it does, etc. I didn't have those strong feelings before. Mm. Yes, I would also say that it. I can't identify a moment. Well, I've definitely had moments prior to learning about my design, prior to working with it, that I felt like I was in the right place at the right time. And I felt that resonance. Like Mm -hmm. I, I know I made the right decision here. But I wasn't paying close enough attention to where that resonance was really stemming from I think Mm -hmm. and like I said after getting the language of human design it felt very validating that I can oh yes let me you know and I I was it was like oh I can rely on my intuition but of course like I had to build it I had to practice it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I I guess that's where this language of like oh it's very soft comes in is because like yes you if you haven't been using it it's not you're not accustomed to it and the more you use it, the less you can go without it, I find. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. It just yes. starts to replace other things. I still think logically about things. You know, I still have, oh my gosh, like all kinds of like brainstorming spreadsheets, all the, the pros and cons for sure. But I know that also, and and I think that's correct. If you have a lot of like first line energy in your chart, if you have, for example, like a fear mind, which again, not an empowering word, but like fear is about information. Fear Mm -hmm. just, just in, it inspires you to ask questions. It, it motivates you to, Mm -hmm. to get the gather information. And let's also make note that among other things, the spleen really is here to teach us how to push through fear. In yeah, and some capacities. Sure. But I, I also want to say that fear is not something to be, I, I don't believe that fear is anything to be overcome or, or done away with in any, yeah. any way, shape or form. You know, like what I was trying to say is that fear is a tool and fear is a tool that you can use with yourself without letting it drive the actual decision that you make or the yes. choice you make right which is really what is meant when we say push through the fear and do it anyway yeah to let it to face it let it wash over you know it mm-hmm. and be able to say like ah i'm still going to do this thing right or i now understand like that fear has now made me ask certain questions so i have more information and i know what i need to do now 
Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the spleen as a fear center, you know, it's really scary when you say that to folks, you know, they're like, Oh God, what is that? Oh no. You know? And it's, it's very like, Oh, you've got a fear of the past. You got a fear of this and that. Okay, cool. Well, if for example, you have gate 44 defined. And so you've got this like potential fear of the past that can inform your decision-making, right. Mm -hmm. Knowing Yeah, go ahead. How have you noticed your gate 44 come into play? Yeah. So I definitely had for a long time, a lot of shadow around anything that would have happened in, not that I was like a particularly terrible person in my past, but like that any misstep that I made would haunt me forever. And I think I grew up in you know, as a young person, as a teenager into my twenties, very much a perfectionist, very, very set on, on this is my, this is my direction and I'm going to do it perfectly. Not only am I moving this direction, but I'm going to do this perfectly because if I don't do it perfectly, nothing will happen or it won't be good or this and that. And that putting all that pressure on yourself, one is really debilitating. And it also like eliminates the ability to learn because you, you shut down the learning. Oh, wasn't good. Enough. Oh, throw it away, throw it away. Right. And, and hide it. Right. Because it might come back and bite you in the ass. And now I look at that fear of like, oh, my past is really so informative. And like, instead of it, instead of like a fear of the past, now I have more of when, when it comes up and it's like, oh, but this happened. So like, what if you repeat this pattern, you know, and and now I look at it and go, well, okay, let's look at that. Let's ask the question, you know, am I going to repeat this pattern? You know, what did I learn from this experience? The fear is just really there to like bring something up to the surface and be like, Hey, have you considered, do you remember this? Can you, have you considered it? You know, I love gate 50 as well is one that I, I, don't personally have, but gate 50 is the gate of values. Right. And it's, yes, I thought you did. (laughs) And it's the fear of taking on too much responsibility and having something like that means that every time you start a new project or you engage, or you move into those course altering decisions, that fear might come up for you of, am I taking on too much responsibility? Great. Now you get to look at it and go, yes or no. It's just a check-in. It's a way the spleen is just that those fears, I think are really just there to be like, Hey, just want to make sure like you tend to, you might have a tendency to do this. So we're just going to check in here. Like, is that, is that still true? So then, okay. So my gate of details is like, like, let's fish through this. So when you have a, we'll just use some of the common terminology. When you have a splenic hit that you need to go X, Y, Z direction, do you ever feel it like, oh, the fear of the past is coming up and that might make you not go the way that your spleen tells you? Is that one way that it works for you or does yes. it? Okay. Yes. Can you speak to that? Yes. I would say that the fears come up almost as limitations to listening to my splenic authority. I would not say that those fears trigger or that the splenic authority Yeah. I would say that those fears don't trigger my splenic authority that like, they're not driving the splenic authority. The spleen is then triggering these fears, like the spleen telling me to do something then triggers these fears, which then could in the, and in the past would have stopped me maybe from doing something intuitively like a fear of the past really 
did, and I, I'm trying to think of something specific, but I know that that was, that that has been a pattern for me of like, I also have a, a Scorpio stellium. And so it took a long time for me to be okay with being vulnerable and sharing my secrets and knowing that like my past is not shameful. You know, the fact that I spent time and an inpatient mental facility is not shameful. You know, every negative experience that I've had is not, there's no, there's no shame around it. And it's not going to stop me from moving forward. And I think that that fear of the past is like, you know, I, for a long time had a lot of hangups around, oh gosh, I don't, I mean, I, I could go through so many things, right? Like we all have, have shit that we did that we're like, oh God, like I got the DUI, like is that going to come bite me in the ass? Well, look, you know, you can't go to Canada for 10 years, but like, every, you know, like it, it's not, yeah. Okay. So I, another, yeah, like I got a DUI when I was 24. So when I was getting my license to be a massage therapist, I had to claim that on every Every single time I got a license in a new state, I had to, to claim it. I had to give them all the paperwork. And I do have to say that like, after the second time, it really wasn't that bad. I was like, <laughs> yep, just so you're informed. And it, it, that fear stopped me from, I think at the beginning, I know I didn't, I was like, well, I'm just going to hide. Maybe it won't come up. They won't. It's not like on my record, but it totally was. And so that fear immediately- This very, very big well, thing is totally I, not on my record. <laughs> okay. So in my defense, I really, it, I was told it had been expunged. Got it. <laughs> so when I went to get my very first massage therapist license, it was four years, three, three years after the event. And I had been told by my lawyer at the time that it, it was expunged. So I applied for a massage therapist license. No big deal. Didn't even think about it. Ba, ba, ba. And then they, you know, sent me the letter and was like, sorry, you've been denied because we discovered this DUI on your record and we need more information. Now, here's the thing. They just needed more information about it. Like, but immediately my like, oh, this was it. Oh, your past is coming to bite you. Oh, you'll never move forward because of this stupid DUI. And it took some work and it took like, okay, doing some legwork, getting all the information from Louisiana, which is a fucking mess. And then learning, oh, it hadn't been expunged. Okay, this is what this means. Okay, this is now how I do this. But I think that like, then when I got the intuition to like move and then apply to a new state for licensure, the intuition of, Oh, maybe that'll come bite you in the ass again. And I was like, yeah, but we've already done that. Like, it's okay. The third time. Yep. That came up again. And it was like, Oh, it might stop you. No, it never does. Here's the thing. Like your, your past is your past. And like, you are allowed to be a changed person. You are allowed to, to make amends and and move forward with your life but i think that fear of the past is really rooted in guilt and shame it's not actually the event right mm -hmm. it's really the guilt and shame that's going to stop us from doing things mm -hmm. um did that answer your question i think i totally i went off totally. on a whole tangent about the no it's great <laughs> <laughs> but i do want to recap a little bit because we have hit on at least two big points of if you're really starting to just start on your journey with figuring out the splenic authority thing. Yeah. We gave some two very specific points of reference. And that is first, what channel or like what 
what other center is connected Mm. to your spleen. Yeah. That is going to inform a lot of how you feel it. So understanding the nature of those other centers, which really the only way that it could be through is the root, the identity center, the will center and the throat and the throat. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, so I was able to personally speak to the root and you to the G, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and from what I, I have learned and, and when I work with folks who, who have those other, other centers to find, you know, a splenic manifestor, somebody who has their, well, and I get, you know, you can also be a splenic projector with your spleen connected to your throat because your spleen's not a motor, right? but having the spleen connected to the throat, you know, I think that that's going to be, you're, you're going to experience that more through an actual action or a, a, not a desire, but like a, a, a more than a need, but mm-hmm. an intuitive communication and intuitive, you know, your voice um, mm-hmm. is going to be very intuitive. And it not necessarily being that self-projected operation though. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be- unless you are defined to of course. the G center as well. Mm-hmm. But yes, experiencing that in the throat. I would also say that like you probably experience that sense of intuition, like arising, you know, like the image of like Ariel when her voice is coming out and it's yeah. just that glowing ball, like that would be spleen to throat definition. You know, it would, mm-hmm. you would feel it in the body that way. Whereas like spleen to will center and the will center is, I would to talk about the will center because it is so, and this is a whole nother conversation. It is so strong. And so it can be so conditioning to any type, but to have your spleen connected to the will center, that's specifically through that 44 to 26 channel. Mm-hmm. Right. So, and that I, I, I feel like when you have that channel, it's one a juicy channel, it's a juicy <laughs> channel and integrity is a huge foundation of your authority. Mm-hmm. Are you in your integrity? Yeah. And it's very easy when you have that channel defined and that is your strongest channel. I would say like what, you know, if, if you have, maybe that's the only channel you have or, or the other ones that you have are, you know, cause some channels are a little softer. Some channels just yeah. aren't really, you know, yeah. but I would say that like, if you have that channel and a defined root, like say your roots defined to your spleen and, and then that spleen defines to the, the heart center that way, you might find it a little easier to be in your integrity, but without that root center, it's really important that when you are operating with other people through contracts, agreements, partnerships, that you are explicit in your expectations and that you only operate to those expectations. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that channel can very easily initiate. It's super powerful and can be so influential in a really healthy way, as long as the individual is maintaining their integrity. And it's also really easy to lie to ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So checking in with your not self, checking in with those undefined centers, like, am I really like, am I operating from an undefined throat here? Am I just not feeling recognized? And so I want to do this thing. And I can say, it just makes me think of this conversation I had with somebody who was talking about this 
total emotional mess that they were in, like a love triangle nonsense. And they kept saying like, but I've been in my integrity the whole time. And I just kept Ah. thinking like, you, (laughs) I would love to know how you're defining your integrity (laughs) because Mm -hmm. what I'm seeing is like, they were, you know, they were like the peak of this love triangle and, and they kept saying, I'm in my integrity. I'm in my integrity. And I said, well, okay, well, what do you want out of this? Do both parties know that that's what you want? And have you been very clear with both people that that's what you want? And are you operating only within the confines of that instead of like, you know, to other people's desires and expectations, right? Mm -hmm. It's just taking personal responsibility. Yeah. But I love yeah. it. I love ooh, love that channel. It's so good. It is a good channel. Yeah. Okay. So recap one is the centers that are connected to your spleen. Those are the centers that you're probably going to be feeling when you're feeling your intuitive hits. Yeah. The other thing that we mentioned is that the hanging gates that you have off of the spleen mm-hmm. can be red flags, I would say, as yeah. in- Those are the things that might make you not follow that hit because of the fear that resides in those hanging gates. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. But I think those fears, right. And and this is what we said, right. Is that Mm -hmm. those fears are there to inspire your inquisitiveness that your inquisition, right. This is where the balance of intuition and logic comes in. Sure. Because you are going to use both. Like, that is a, a hill that I will die on is that to be intuitive doesn't mean that you're not logical and to be logical doesn't mean you're not intuitive. You yeah. do use both, but there is an order of which it operates and mm-hmm. you're going to have that intuitive hit first. Mm-hmm. And then those fear gates are probably going to be like, but this thing, and then you can use your logic to say, okay, I hear you fear. Mm -hmm. I hear that you're afraid of the past. I hear that you're afraid of the future. I hear that you're afraid of responsibility, authority, all the other things. But here's how we're going to get through that. This Mm -hmm. is the information that we need from that fear so that Mm -hmm. we can move forward instead Mm -hmm. of getting, remaining constricted by Mm -hmm. that fear. Mm -hmm. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that those hanging gates, you know, just like you said too, like we're here to learn from our fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it's here to teach us, you know, and and I I love it. You know, I love talking to folks who have specifically like fear motivation, you know, and they're like, oh, that sounds terrible or, you know, and it's, it's like, well, actually you're but meant to just gather a ton of info. Like, mm-hmm. don't worry about like eliminate, like the right answer, you know, if you have fear motivation, which is a whole nother conversation I know but you're here to gather the information you're not you don't need to worry about eliminating it too much and as a splenic authority you're naturally gathering all the information that you need as long as you can tune into it and pay attention to what is coming up for you out of that information you know and the only time when it doesn't feel logical is when I for me at least is when I'm paying attention to something that when I'm, when I'm hyper-focused on something that is very like mundane material, not, you know, when I've got the blinders on and I'm like Mm -hmm. trying to just, just do this one thing, you know, whether Mm -hmm. it's like writing a blog post or, or something like that, you know what I mean? Like driving even Mm -hmm. I've started 
relaxing into my splenic authority when I drive. And it's changed a lot of things considering (laughs) I'm a person that grew up driving around Boston. So if you know anything about East coast drivers, (laughs) I've relaxed a lot since moving to the West coast. (laughs) Wow. That I think that's a huge, like (laughs) pro for, for the splenic authority. It's a pro for Um, everybody. Really? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. Okay. I kind of want, I want to wrap it up, but also there's at least like two more things that I really want to talk about. And I'm here for it. And that is the, okay, actually let's like hit on the main things that you hear about it. So first off the, it's only for course alterating course altering decisions yeah where that is true do you recognize for you personally does the splenic authority come into play for smaller things sure oh my gosh yes okay yeah yeah absolutely I would also say that like my splenic authority you know in the same way that sacral authority can help you make a decision about where to eat for dinner or what to have if someone's asking you questions, my splenic authority can tell me exactly what I need. I'm also, you know, again, you want to take in your determination into consideration in this, but I find that I'm a really, it's easy for me to be an intuitive eater. It's really easy. And again, like with all splenic authority, it's like, oh, when I let, when I let my mind and my ego just sit in the seat and like be a passenger and let the body decide, I know what I'm hungry for. I know what I need in my body, whether it's protein or sugar or fat or fiber or, you know, certain vegetables. I've started getting so into my intuitive eating that I know whether I need a steak, like iron from a steak or iron from a, from broccoli, you know, and those two things, usually they're interchangeable, but every once in a while I'm like, no, I really need like a bison steak or no, actually I really need the broccoli. Cause I also need that green, right? I need that. Like, was that vitamin A anyway? Um, whatever it is, it's, it's, I might not even know specifically what the thing is that I need, but the food immediately is like my body knows I start to salivate with the, with the, when the idea comes into my mind, mm-hmm. I start to salivate around it. And then if someone suggests something else, I'm like, no, I know that that's not like, it'll drain. It's like, no, I'm definitely recognizing that here lately too. Probably not as specific as what you're explaining, but I can, I definitely notice I can at least identify if I should not, or like if, mm. if that my body doesn't want something. Totally. That's the, how it started for me. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely how it started for me. And I think like with all splenic authority, the more you practice it and the more you lean into it, the louder and the more specific it becomes. Mm-hmm. It is a muscle. Um, That's, I it is always tell people that, especially like just even thinking about intuition generally and not even applying it to splenic authority. Intuition mm. is a muscle. Like yeah. it's, it's repetition. It's, it's really settling into the fact that you're going to start trusting it and then yeah. acting on that trust. Yeah. Not testing so, it. <laughs> no, not testing. Yeah. Testing, testing is how you get confused. Yeah. Like don't <laughs> just, yeah. or the, the only time, the closest thing that I will do to testing is knowing that my spleen is telling me one thing and 
actively choosing the opposite thing, knowing that it is the wrong thing. Sometimes I will do that if I feel that it's necessary, but it's kind of rare. Sometimes whole, I, will I literally just had a I know, I saw I your body. You're like, no, why? No, no, no. <laughs> told me to do something. I'm going to listen. I know. I, I hear you. And, but again, this, but that is, that can be a part of your experiment. Yes, if you feel that that's exactly. necessary for your experiment. A hundred percent, especially <laughs> if you've got some third line energy in there, please experiment mm-hmm. with it because mm-hmm. not, you know, failing is how you learn, right? Yeah. That's how we learn what not to do mm-hmm. just because one thing succeeds, you know, it's, it's really scientific just because one thing succeeds doesn't mean something else won't also succeed. Right. So yeah. like you try a bunch of things and you get more information from process of elimination than from success. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now let's speak specifically to the in the moment identification. Uh, so it is often taught that the spleen is an in the moment decision maker that's that's your truth right then blah 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 if you don't follow it you're fucked no (laughs) yes and right so so let's speak to that the first thing that I really want to just say about it is that yes it's in the moment but that doesn't but if for some reason you didn't follow what was there in the moment because either you didn't quite recognize that you even had a hit or whatever it is it that moment, it that moment will never happen again, but a new moment in the same vein will happen. And it might be a different hit at that time. It might be different information. Yes. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know, like we said, the spinning authority is constantly filtering information. So if you get a hit and you, I would say actually when you said that, like that might be something where, I don't test my intuition, but I might not listen to it for whatever reason. And usually when I don't, I have to have an internal dialogue with myself where I'm like, okay, I hear you. I'm going to make this choice for whatever reason. And my higher self is always just like, like I can feel all my guides and my helpers just like, oh, for crying out loud. Like, yeah, it's like, oh, Oh, you want to take this little detour in your path? Okay, fine. Yes, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) fine. Take this detour. But yes, like you said, there will always be another, another branching, another option, another fork where you have, where your spleen will tell you to do something or you have an opportunity to make a decision and your spleen will let you know what the correct decision is in that moment. And yes, it can be different because you've gathered information. So I think this also speaks to something that you and I have talked about outside of this podcast, which is that your path, a detour isn't even a detour. It is also your path, right? Mm -hmm. That every time there is a branching, every time there's a forking in your path, both options are for you or any, the multitude of options are for you it's which one you choose. Mm -hmm. And we can make decisions that teach us specific lessons. Consciously, we can make those decisions and unconsciously we can make those decisions. We can also make decisions that lead us closer to what we desire. And more often than not, 
when we are clear in what we desire as a splenic authority, the spleen will continue to lead you toward that expansion, towards what you desire. Again, it may not look like what you think it's going to look like to get you there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's yes. It's, it's really vital that when you begin to follow your splenic authority or even just your intuition sit in this conversation, same thing. It's, it's so vital to really let go of your need, quote unquote need to rationalize, to intellectualize all of these things. And to, to, to even try to play the game of, okay, well, I listened to this hit and, you know, maybe turned left instead of turning right. And then I I've done this so many times. I know I'm not the only one I turned left instead of going right. And then I started looking at news stories. Like, did anything happen on that road? Like, did I avoid something? Oh yeah. Did I avoid something? Did I miss something? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh my God. So if the splenic authority, if you can learn one thing, when you first find out you have splenic authority, it is presence. Yeah. And really this is for everybody, whether it's Phoenix, sacral, emotional. Yet for even for emotional people, when there's no truth in the now, you still mm-hmm. need to be present with it, mm-hmm. right? Because you're going to get more information from yeah. all of those emotions. But with splenic authority, your presence is so it is imperative to being able to follow that authority because it mm-hmm. is in the present moment, right? Yeah. So, like thinking about what could have happened is. Yeah, sure. Like that's kind of fun. It's, you know, but even, so even in that example though, like it is such a fool's errand to try to do that because, you know, heaven forbid a car accident is only one of the million things that you might've avoided or shouldn't have happen or whatever we so often try to like make these things so large Mm. and even like large in the context of our life so like oh okay so since I turned left did I actually like meet a new person that's going to end up being my soulmate like it doesn't even have to be that big it could have been you turned left so that you could see this particular flower because that made you happy that day like it can be so small so small so it's just not it's really not helpful to try to go through okay well because I like okay it's not helpful to find proof that's really what I mean you don't need to validate your choices you're or you don't need to validate the splenic Mm -hmm. hit Mm-hmm. You, it doesn't need validation. It doesn't need proof. It doesn't need justification. It just is. And you can mm-hmm. choose not to listen to it. Go for it. Go for it. Like do experiment with that and, and see how you feel. You know, mm-hmm. it's not about what happens as much as how you feel. Like you could be somebody who, you know, begins to acquire all of the things that socially denote success and yet you know or like you know I don't know if socially is the right word but like yeah you know 
sure. externally, right? And yet, are you happy? Are you are you feeling fulfilled? Are you are you actually moving towards what you desire? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play those kinds of games with myself where I would justify before I I learned about human design where I would like justify my intuition or or try to validate it or and even you know when we talk about looking in hindsight there I am like doing it you know like I think about this one moment when I I was moving to a new place and I I was visiting for the second time to like look for rental properties and I got off the airplane and I'm going down the escalator to the you know whatever to meet my partner and baggage claim whatever and I got this entire body like as the escalator descended like hair on the back of my neck stood up this immediate and this voice was turn and run turn and run and my whole body went stiff and I started looking around I started looking for like I started looking for like a homegrown terrorist. Like I started looking for somebody like dropping off a bag that looked suspicious or, you know what I'm saying? Like I started looking around an airport for things that like would justify me feeling so scared for like a quick moment and my body telling me to turn and turn and, and it wasn't turn and run, excuse me. It was, it was, yep. It was turn and run. And yet the image was me running back up the escalator right? Like back towards the plane. And now in hindsight, I know, and I experienced then this like general uneasiness for the rest of the time, which I like, you know, tried to squirsh, but I know that that's, that that place wasn't correct for me. It was a really unhealthy place for me to live. I made the choice to live there. And I will tell you that detour I'm doing air quotes if you mm-hmm. can't see it that detour that I made actually resolved a lot of things for me and taught me some new things and I wouldn't have started diving so deeply into my human design had I not made that choice to stay mm-hmm. now does that mean I wouldn't have learned about human design some other way or like gotten more into my human design some other way? Maybe I would have had similar experiences in different, in a different place. Maybe, but like, it doesn't matter. Like mm-hmm. that year, what is a part of my story? Even mm-hmm. though my intuition was letting me know, not for you. <laughs> okay. Right. I'm going to do, do it anyway. <laughs> and And I did. And now I realize that like, oh, perhaps I will listen next time. And perhaps what will happen is I will get a shortcut. I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't serve me to be like, oh, you know, how much money would I have saved or like pain or whatever? Yeah. It's not worth it. No, because no, it's not. I can still justify that I gained enough from that experience. Yeah. So like, and there's also absolutely no way to get that answer. Totally. Zero. (laughs) Okay. So how have you seen your Sweenik authority play a role in your business? Mm. I would say that I definitely see my strategy, you know, and and I don't know if we haven't really touched on this yet, but the relationship is a good spot. Yeah, the relationship between strategy and authority, because 
I see that, you know, when it comes to my own business and I'm one of those weirdos who's done a chart for my business. So I'm interacting with this entity. I think of my business as an entity. It helps me to, it really helps me to focus in on it in a different way, to care about it more, to be more engaged with it, to think about it as a, as an entity. So thankfully my business is also a projector. So there's that. And I find that like, you know, as a projector with a strategy of to be invited, having the business that I have that is service-based where I also have room for creative expression that people can opt into, right? That's an invitation. They, they, they are inviting me, my clients invite me in, they invite my perspective. And so in doing that, when I'm making decisions for me within the business is when I notice my splenic authority more. Making decisions for my business as it just relates to the business itself. Uh, I don't know if this is making sense, but that actually is more kind of found over time. My business is an emotional project. So that's kind of found over time and through kind of waiting like I might have an idea, I'm going to play around with it a little bit before I like just go with it and launch it. I need to like mm -hmm. sit with it, chew it up a little bit, but that's because I treat my business not as myself. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a part of my business. And so when I am engaging with it, sometimes I need to make a decision for me. And that's when my splenic authority comes in. Mm -hmm. uh, so when it's, you know, when I receive an invitation, like to be on a podcast, yes, it's my business, but like, I am the voice of the business. <laughs> I am, right. I'm also the face, right? So, so my splenic intuition comes into play there and I will know if it's correct for me to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think if there's ever been a situation where something felt correct for me, but not correct for my business. And what I can think of is different collaborations with folks on creative projects. Some creative projects are not correct for my business, but they're correct for me to do. And so I mm -hmm. separate myself from the business in that way. Got it. Got it. So yeah, like, yeah. Does mm -hmm. that, that makes sense kind of. Yeah. yeah. So like I will author other things or I will, you know, it's, it's Alexandra of Honored Body, but like, it's not Honored Body authoring this thing yeah. or making this thing. So do you think, so this is obviously the way that you go about your business. Your business is a separate entity of you. Mm -hmm. So there's two different authorities at play, but do you think that that I don't know. I guess I just want to talk a little bit about just like, should, should we do it that way? Or like, what's the pros and cons of doing yeah. it that way versus like your business is you. Is you. Um, totally. I think mm -hmm. it really depends on your business structure and what feels good to you. You know, the more, the deeper I get into my business, the more of me goes into it. And so the mm -hmm. more I am relating to it in a splenic way and it, I think when it comes to offerings and, you know, like, like I said, I am a big part of the business. So yes, when it comes to my services that I offer, a lot of that is on intuition. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. I will. Yeah. I can, I can, word is that, that I'm looking for, but I can validate that. Yes. Mm. Um, but you're speaking the, the differentiation between you and the business 
is really coming into the new invitations that co- that arise. Like that's where you find it helpful to separate the two. New invitations and also in growth, you know, okay. looking at the direction that it's going, I will definitely get intuitive hits about ideas for my business. And I will kind of what I do is I like, I have a, I, I love my whiteboard. And so I like go through the like planning and the brainstorming of it. And I like throw it out there and I let it sit for a while. And I just see like, what kind of a potpourri comes out of that? You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I very rarely make a split decision, like a splenic, you know, I'm not like a flash sale kind of a person. I'm not, that's just not who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't so know if I'm answering your question. It, it does. And I, I'll try to recap that. So it sounds like, yes, new invitations is where those authorities get kind of split, but also in the direction that you're guiding your business to go. That's that's how it's relevant and helpful for you, Alexandra, to have it your business being a separate entity of yourself. Be- as opposed to someone who they think of their business as themselves. And so all of their driving forward is going to be through their own authority. So if they do have that splenic hit to do that, you know, flash sale, they're going to do that. But your, it sounds like the way that you go about it is more of when you're sitting down for like a CEO day or something to that effect, you're tuning in specifically to the business's authority strategy definition, oh, et cetera. Necess- oh, let me clarify. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Okay. No, no. Because I am such a big part of my business. Got it. But I think for me, it's really important. And, and it's maybe it's, it's important, but it's not something that I've ever really articulated until now, but mm. I'm a person first. I'm a person first. I happen to have a business. But I'm a person first. That doesn't mean that like, I, can just willy-nilly do what I want with my business that doesn't that's not congruent but it does mean that I want to make or or I will make decisions that are good for me Boof. if that even I will make decisions that are good for me generally if even if that is maybe not with the business needs. I I feel like I need to get really specific because if I speak too generally, it's not going to be correct. Mm -hmm. It is very specific to every, every different decision, you know, Mm -hmm. like, okay, for example, you know, if I'm at a place, you know, and, and I'm coming into this where I'm growing, I am shopping for physical locations. I am the one going around and feeling out these locations. I'm going to know in my splenic authority if something is correct or not, if it's the right space or not. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to like take and, you know, I'm going to take time to, yeah, consult my budget and like (laughs) really look at like the, the logic here, but I will know in my splenic authority first if it is a place that my business will thrive and be good in, I will mm-hmm. know that in my splenic authority first. So in that way, yes, I'm using my splenic authority for my business. 
mm-hmm. do find that there are things that I, and I think this comes, this is where the me as a person first comes in, in that, like, I'm not part of my, one of my core beliefs is that we aren't here to be businesses. Mm-hmm. Your purpose is not your career and vice versa necessarily. Can they inform each other? Sure. Can they be like on track with each other? Sure. Mm-hmm. But we're people first. And so being able to differentiate between, is this a decision that's correct for me? Or is this a decision that's correct for my business is the discernment, I think, that, mm. um, that I use. Okay. So, so it sounds like if you can feel that the, what's correct for you versus for your business are two different things, you're going to err on the side of you. If that ever generally. arises. Yeah. yeah. For example, yeah, if there's something like a deadline or anything that I can navigate or negotiate, yeah, I will err on like, because I am, I am the majority of the motor behind the business. So I mm-hmm. need to be okay as a person. I need to, when I've go- been going through harder transitions, do I let my, you know, do I let my business suffer? Do I, you know, and, and again, like I, like I said, I think this goes back to how you structure your business. Yeah. Um, and I love being a person first and, and a business as well. And I'm loving that my business is becoming, I'm, I'm infusing more me, me into my business because so much of it has been me and it's just been kind of me behind a curtain. Yeah. And so as that shift happens, will I be making more decisions for my business that are out of my splenic authority versus taking the time to move through emotions with it? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm not there yet. And I'm yeah. authority, so I can't tell you. <laughs> I'll know when the time is right. 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 Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah. Okay. I think that there's, I mean, I know that the authorities are different, but the strategies are the same. And mm. I think that that really helps. And that's kind of my motivation in really trying to get more details from you on it. Because for example, my, my business is a generator, sacral generator, mm-hmm. and I'm a splenic projector. So there are different strategies, different authorities, although the authorities are similar. So there, there is kind of a difference. And, and so I've found it more supportive sometimes to, I go in and out of treating it like a separate entity entity versus treating it as I'm my business, just because of that challenge of really bolstering that, that generator energy and the challenge of navigating how those two things fit. Mm. I think that one day I'll get there and I can, I can see kind of that, not necessarily that timeline, but like those checkpoints of, Mm. of how that's going to work, but not really there yet. So, uh, so so at this point, I'm more like yourself. mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Sure. But in that, in that sense, aren't you a person before you're a business? Absolutely. Aren't you a projector before? Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So like, and I think this is something that you talk a lot about, well, because you, you are a projector in business, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's the old narrative of like, oh, projectors are only supposed to work this many hours a day, or they're all, you know, this is, this is what they can do and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that can get really muddy and, and like, you know, especially when you have different types of businesses, like not every projector is actually meant to be a coach or a guide or a, you know, like, one-on-one service-based mm-hmm. <laughs> business, you know? Yeah. I know and projectors- not, every, not every generator is here to do done-for-you services. No, no. Build and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, right. yeah, I'm right yeah. there with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in using your authority in your business, you know, it sounds it sounds like, or, or if you can elaborate on that a little bit, like it sounds like you do use your splenic authority a lot. In your 100 100% yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. I I rely more on my splenic authority rather than my business's sacral and but where I'm currently at is finding the really magical place between relying on your splenic authority and you know the conventional business wisdom when you know it's not right for you Mm -hmm. and allowing my authority to take precedence Mm -hmm. and and I also want to make note I feel like we've kind of said it but not directly your splenic authority will take you to some logical places just because it's like (laughs) yeah for sure intuition doesn't mean everything that it tells you is I don't know, something from another planet. Yes. Yeah. Abstract. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it will definitely take you to some logical places, especially I will also say the more I practice with it, the more I've gotten into using my splenic authority, the more logical it seems to me because I'm tuning into and I'm paying attention to the information that it's gathering and that it's Mm -hmm. providing me with. So Yeah. yeah, the logical answer now for me after years of practicing with it is usually the splenic answer, right? They, they, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I'm like, okay, that's cool. Great. You know, like, is it a little validating? Sure. In an external sense, but I've also like let go of a lot of that too, that Mm -hmm. like needing to be validated. Yeah. I think, you know, using your, your own authority in, in business is definitely something that like is going to be correct for you depending on the, the structure of your business and how you want to relate to it. I think that's, I don't know if that's something that you could have one rule for. I really I think, think so. that's very individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because you're yeah. also, okay. If you don't have a business and you are an employee somewhere, sure. I mean, you're, you're still, you are still guiding your own self within the company that you work yes. for. So you're still going yes. to be using your authority for what you're doing there Yes, that's while what also I mean. taking direction. Yes. That's what I mean by like, you're a person first, even if you are your business, like even if you are, I was an actor for years. Right. So like who I was and what my body, my face, every, this, the way I think 
that was what was uh, was what I was marketing as an actor. This is how I interpret this character, like me, Lexi, as this character, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet I'm still a person first. So I need to make decisions that are good for my personhood because those will be good for my business because my business is me. Mm-hmm. And I do think that like, yes, the more you that your business is, you do need to use your personal authority. Yes. So yes, I guess what I'm trying to say at the, at the end of all this is like, yes, I agree with you. Yes, I do use my authority for making decisions in my business and for in within my business and for my business, but not as a rule. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. To close this out, I would love to know what are your top suggestions for someone just really starting in this journey of Mm. trusting feeling their splenic authority i think we both really hit on it which is play with it don't test it you can play with it don't test it and that includes not wasting the time wondering what could have been if you didn't or if you had chosen something else there's a less if you study the aging there's one of the first lessons is you always come to the sage to the jing in a state of modesty and that's not necessarily humbleness but it's modesty it's not coming with ego curiosity and i feel like a lot of times when we play games with our intuition that's ego curiosity oh i wonder what would happen your body doesn't give a shit what would happen <laughs> like <laughs> that's your ego that's your ego wanting to know and the 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 lesson is really that if you if you come to the sage or the eaching with that attitude that it will play with you right back and i think that is also true for splenic intuition splenic authority that if you play with it it's not going to your 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 kind of like abrading that that relationship with it you know Mm -hmm. so I would say experiment play but don't look for proof don't look for justification just Mm -hmm. allow it allow allow it yeah and I would also say to depending on your chart like we were saying to focus on the centers that are defined to your spleen for places in the body or the energetic body where you feel that intuitive hit first. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause I think you're right. I think that's where you do feel it first. So I would definitely recommend studying your chart in that way and, and connecting with those places either through meditation or through breath work. Yeah. I, it's, it is a bodily, it's mm-hmm. a bodily authority. Yeah. And it wants you to pay attention to the body. Mm -hmm. So then the extension suggestion that I would add to that is Mm. that it is really important for you to begin deconditioning from outside sources. So if you haven't begun your deconditioning process just in general. Oh gosh, I thought we had, I thought that was already like. Well, that, <laughs> yes, it is assumed, but I think it's a, it's an important reminder because you're really always, you're not like always, always deconditioning, but you're, you know, at the beginning it, it's, it can be kind of cumbersome, sure. but I think, you know, over, over the course of time, 
it becomes less and less cumbersome, but having a regular practice of getting out of other people's energy, yeah. uh, getting away from, you know, sacrals yeah. and solar plexi. Solar <laughs> I know it's not solar plexi, but <laughs> no. I thought it was like fun. Solar yeah. plexuses. Getting away from those on a regular basis so that you can tune into your own mm-hmm. body, your own energy. Yeah. And even maybe more specifically too, I, I am a huge proponent for this. And I know that a lot of people are for many, many different reasons, but take an intake detox for the love of God, like mm. get off of social media for a while. Stop listening to podcasts for a while. Stop reading blogs, whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing to outsource your information, whether you are consciously aware that you are outsourcing decision-making by listening to podcasts or not, mm-hmm. there's a big chance that you are. Mm-hmm. So like, take a break, yeah. <laughs> take a break from that. Thanks um, for listening to us. Also now yeah. stop. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like it's totally not lost on me. Like this. No, is, totally. Yeah. Like it's, it is really, really important. And I think that that is a huge part of tuning in and being able to listen to mm-hmm. what that splenic authority is saying. And I would also say like, if you know your variables, if you know your motivation, your cognition, your environment, get into your environment, see how different it feels. See how, when you, if you're blending caves, like see how it feels when you're in your cave, like environment to hear your authority. Um, because yeah, being able to, to detox from all of that is definitely going to provide the space for that muscle to stretch. Yep. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Here for it. Well, thank you, Alexandra. Do you have any final words or anything to share? Gosh, I just, no, I feel like we covered so much and it was so, it was so juicy, but yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we are having conversations around splenic authority in a way that hopefully make it accessible or validate someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. There's, there's too much uncertainty Mm. about the splenic authority i I think there's a lot of copping out from teachers i'm just gonna say that (laughs) (laughs) like it's just easier to say it's quiet oh yeah it's quiet and everybody feels it different that's really easy thanks really thanks (laughs) yeah well yeah i i would i would also just like to to end with that the more you practice it the more you the more you practice trusting it and it's, and it's direction for you, the stronger and the more specific it becomes. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. I promise. Beautiful. That's a great (laughs) ending note. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Your Golden. If you enjoyed what you heard, I invite you to submit a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you want to get in touch, you can either leave me a message on Anchor, shoot me a DM on Instagram, or send me an email. Just tap on the show notes for links to all three contact methods. And last but not least, please don't forget, you're golden. You're golden.